weekend is here again. Jordan McDonald joins me for the Week in Review podcast. My name is Michael Crutcher. Jordan, week has gone quickly. Has gone very quickly with that um, that break in the middle with the Ecker. So in Brisbane this week, we had a public holiday on Wednesday for the Ecker holiday, the show holiday. And if you lived in other parts of the greater Brisbane area, you probably had a long weekend last weekend, yeah, the Monday, yeah. which is half your luck to get the long weekend. It is the most bizarre holiday <laughs> There is as far north as Bundaberg, I believe. Maybe more. They also had their Echo holiday, so good good for them. Our first item this week is, now we said last week, this COVID pandemic and our behaviour there is the greatest live experiment into audience behaviour that we've seen. Mm-hmm. And one of those little mini experiments was how many people would go to the Echo. Now, I know you haven't gone yet, but you will go this weekend. Yes. I went and had a look uh, Tuesday night, and I must say the experiment seems to be people are turning up. Really? Um, turning up in good numbers too, and wearing masks, not really. Mm. Okay. So not really wearing masks. So, uh, Yeah, and look, from what I can gather, the crowds have been pretty good given it's a pandemic. Um, they uh, certainly were pretty strong the night I was there. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't say it was... Uh, Two packs you couldn't move around, but certainly it was uh, a, a healthy crowd, at numbers wise, <laughs> at least. <laughs> at least numbers wise, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you in a couple of days if it was anything else. Yeah. Um, but just very few people wearing masks was my observation. So it leads me to think that um, yeah, we know that the chances of getting COVID or whatever else. Maybe up there, but we're just ploughing on through it. So, uh, were they putting anything in place for you know social distancing on the rides and stuff like that, or is it really just widespread throughout the thing that it's just business as usual? It seemed business as usual. The usual uh, signs were there around, you know, yeah, keeping yeah, your distance the, and all that. But obligatory signs, yeah, yeah. I'm not really sure how many people are doing that. It just yeah. seemed to me that people didn't really care. Yeah, and yeah. Um, uh, that's a you know, great indication as to where people are at. Are, are you going to mask up at the Echo? Yeah, I probably still will. Um, you know, just the concerns about how many are still sick uh, and not wearing a mask there, I think I will just anyway. I've got to, uh, got to visit some, some older relatives in the coming weeks, so I just want to make yep. sure that I'm protected there as well, protect them. Yeah, there was plenty, I must say, plenty of sanitizer around. Uh, that was no shortage of that. So, I mean, well done to the ECHO organisers because it's been, um, what, three years since the last one. We've missed two in a row. Mm. Um, but uh, it seemed to be done really well. There seemed to be enthusiasm there. And, um, yeah, Brisbane and, I guess, South East Queensland are saying we're getting on with business. Yeah, it's good It's good to see. It's nice to know that um, the ECHO is still a, a big uh, draw for crowds here in Brisbane. Um, I know it's really valuable to the farmers too that come in so it's good to see i hope everyone's spending the money yeah spending money and uh not wearing masks but um <laughs> you'll add to the numbers on the weekend now i want to talk about hyper local news this week um given an event that happened in our neighborhood in the last uh, week or so which was a very interesting study in what we do with hyper local news mm-hmm. now that term has been around a bit over the last few years because basically media outlets have been trying to find ways that they can uh, get into and make money out of, of course, this stuff that happens in our own suburbs. Yep. You know, um, it's been an area that has been, um, I guess, changed in the way media covers it because the suburban newspapers, which were the real newsletters of those suburbs, died 
a bunch of years ago. Mm-hmm. They were dear to me because they were the first papers I started on as a cadet. Yeah. I, I worked for uh, suburban papers in Brisbane and loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, those papers are gone, and then their places become social media. But there was an incident, uh, yeah, last week where. In our neighbourhood, two dogs got loose. So two dogs escaped from the yard and basically went on, you know, uh, <laughs> went on a bit of a killing spree, if you like. <laughs> so, le- yeah, I'm trying to think of what I, yeah. uh, what, what I didn't want to be too tabloid journalism there, but they, <laughs> they're two, they, they went and started attacking dogs who were being walked. So people, the owners were walking their dogs oh and at least two dogs I know have died. Um, from it, another dog was seriously injured. It's awful. And so, yeah, you really feel for these people. But so the word goes out on the community Facebook page straight away. Of course, beware. A photo of the dogs. Mm. Someone got some video of them outside their backyard. And so it was uh, don't take your dogs for a walk because these dogs are at large. Um, we don't know where they are. They're around this particular area, this particular street. Um, and so it started what was a classic hyper-local news experiment, if you like, as to how people relate to these things. So right. um, can I walk my dog? Well, has anyone caught the dog? Uh, yeah. The dogs? No, they haven't. Um, now, um, after about three days, the local councillor put up that the dogs had, in fact, been um, found mm-hmm. and um, had been taken to a council um, animal refuge. Now... I don't uh, know how long they're on the loose for. I don't know, and people don't know that. Right. But um, since then, there's been a fundraising page started for the vet bills for some of these dogs that were attacked. So, again, hyper-local stuff here. Okay. Um, and the story has been reported by mainstream media. Courier Mail's reported it, ABC's reported it, but again, reported about two or three days after it had happened. Right. Yep. So most of the news was there in the uh, through the Facebook page. Mm. Okay. Yep. So I guess my point on that is where does hyperlocal news sit and who's making money out of it? And the answer on that one is that it is really becoming the domain of Facebook mm-hmm. because I'm sure there was to that those pages, the community pages in our area, that was the number one story. Okay, so has anyone heard any more about this? What are the updates? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, can um, mainstream media try and get into that? They can, but they just don't have the mobility, the agility to get those stories done. Mm. But here's a part that I find very interesting. As the world has got larger and you can pick up your phone and FaceTime someone in Germany, in the U- UK, in seconds. Yep. Yep. So the world has all of a sudden got to a place in communications where we can branch out everywhere. Mm-hmm. We can log on and look at what's happening in different cities without a problem. Mm-hmm. So while that's there, we've also got smaller. So we've also got more focused on what is happening in our own areas mm-hmm. because we now have a platform with social media, that can give us this information, give us that really quickly. So to me, it's been an experiment in even though the world has become a lot uh, more accessible, we are probably more than ever looking for news in our own backyard. So I'm interested because you moved house a few weeks ago and you moved from the north side to the south side. I did, yes. What has happened for you in terms of trying to get local information because you're obviously 
a social media guru. What have you done in terms of trying to find out what's happening in your neck of the woods? Uh, I definitely tried to join the community page as soon as I got there. Um, but it's been interesting because the experience I've had on the south side in this particular suburb versus where I came from was very different. Um, the where I, where I was previously, it was very active, very much information-based. Um, Are people sharing things yeah, with each other? Yeah, people share things, yeah. yeah, share things like that. You know, they would offer up services or, you know, update on, on something that's happened in the neighbourhood. Yep. Um, whereas where I am now, it's very much promotional at the moment, for me at least. Okay. You know, it's a lot of people promoting businesses or services, stuff yep. like that. There's, there's very little content that's information about the area or something happening in the sure. area. So whether or not it's, uh, you know, I, I prefer that, I suppose, over, you know, some uh, news of a criminal event or anything like yeah. that, I suppose. Yeah. So no news is good news, I guess. But yep. At the same time, it's lacking the same feeling of community. It's just sort of a, a drop, a dumping point for, for me at the moment. It's really interesting. So um, there are obviously differences in the way that different yeah, communities definitely. do that. And yeah. there, were, there were two options to pick from and I've, I've looked at both and they're both pretty similar. So I ended okay. up going with the bigger group, thinking it would be the bigger community, the, the better coverage. But yeah, it's just, it's just different. Just yeah. different. I think this study's going to continue I mean we've got a pretty good handle on all these pages now anyway I mean oh, yeah. we, we know they've been around for quite some time now they're not new but they're always good to look at when something in someone's suburb happens that's not really of any interest to other suburbs so you know for instance dogs on the loose well that doesn't matter if you live uh, five kilometres away not at all no, no. but, but that's, that's that really hyper local it matters to my community mm-hmm. um, and I think that's where Facebook has really stolen a march on it um, it's not really an Insta thing no not so much not at all because you haven't really got the same group capabilities on Instagram yeah, you know, that's right Instagram's the visual the photos yeah. the videos where Facebook has you know the set aside area for your groups yeah, yeah. that's right so um, I don't know what's happened with the dogs. I don't know. Um, um, I assume that we won't be seeing those dogs again because it's pretty gruesome stuff. Yeah, I don't think you'll be seeing them again. No, either. that could be the end of the line for those dogs. Could but be. Um, and pretty some some you know some of the, uh, the the accounts of what happened were quite graphic. So that's a new service yeah. in a different way. But um, speaking of changing times, um, Triple J. Our final item for this week, Triple J, the youth radio station. Jordan, you've had a bit of a look at this this week and there's been some um, some interesting comments made some, and some good research made by the uh, Unmade team. The guys yes. who do Unmade do some great work on this, so mm-hmm. they're, they're always worth checking out. But um, tell us a bit about Triple J. Yeah, so a recent radio survey is showing that Triple J is losing listeners from its mandated demographic, which is 18 to 24-year-olds. Yep. So, you know, as, as we know, for those familiar with Triple J, it's been sort of Australia's national youth broadcaster and it's, you know, built a reputation for serving up undiscovered and alternative music. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's one of our most important platforms for new Aussie music and has often catapulted some of our artists onto the big stage. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, it, for whatever reason, and there's a lot of them, I'll go through them sh- uh, shortly, Young people aren't tuning in as much anymore. So if we can we can look at some of the data from these surveys, and that goes back to 2014. 
Um, in 2014, there was an average of about 22,000 18 to 24 year olds listening to Triple J at any given time. In 2022, that number's fallen to 10,000, which is a 55% decrease. Wow, so at any given time. At any given time. Yeah. So, you know, the question is where have they all gone? Some of the places they've gone, or well, some of the reasons I should say, is some have just aged outside yeah. that uh, that. 18 to 24 year old and you bracket. do age outside of the triple j as i know you do age outside you do of age it. i have aged out of that bracket <laughs> now sadly but um interestingly there's a there's a tweet they tried to do to engage the younger audiences which bagged us now older demographic out oh. which didn't go down too well poor form poor form um but what they're finding is they're also this this demographic is also choosing to listen to more commercial radio and they're also turning to streaming. So your okay. Spotify's, Apple Music, and then apps like TikTok. So that would be of concern to Triple J if it's not like they're, if they're turning to other stations, not necessarily just turning to other, um, other technology. Yes, exactly yeah. right. So at the moment, there's been no moment since radio rating surveys began where there's been fewer 18 to 24-year-olds listening to Triple J. Right. So... If we have a look at a couple of the reasons why people are listening less, um, I mean, I certainly have an opinion on this myself, but yep. there's from some of the research I've done, there's some really clear, clear reasons. For starters, Triple J's actual audience has actually is always skewed a bit older than that eighteen to yep. twenty four. Um, their main audience is twenty five to thirty nine year olds, and that makes up nearly half their listeners. Yep. Uh, in twenty fourteen, eighteen to twenty four made up just over. 21%, but that's now shrunk to 14.5 uh, wow. in 2022. While that 25 to 39 demographic grew, mm. just, they grew just over a percent. Um, so an, an ageing audience is just one factor that would impact the numbers here, but there's a few more cosmetic issues yep. to play. So um, everyone's familiar with Triple J's sound. It, it seems to be a thing, at least for me and my friends, that yep. there's this, this particular sound that belongs to Triple J. Yep. You know, that, that garage band. I agree with that, yeah. Yeah, so from what I've seen in the research and some of the feedback from it is this this garage band, Triple J's sound, has become too synonymous with Triple okay. J. And... There is is a lacking of variety when showcasing new music. It just seems to be the same recycled sort of sound. Yeah, sure. People would prefer to hear a bit more variety. Yeah. Uh, another complaint was that there's too much chatter, too much chatter in between songs. Just play the music. That's it. So yep. several of the younger users are turning to Spotify or TikTok for the music discovery and find that they get better results than what they would listening to Triple yeah, J, and it's without having to sit through segments yeah. of chatter. Um, and then the other, the most consistent complaint I had was that Triple J is becoming too uh, too commercial. Sure, sure. You know, yeah. they're playing artists that you could hear literally anywhere else. Yes. But um, in my opinion, I think Triple J has lost its courage to be a tastemaker of music. You know, I think it's confront. Uh, sorry, conform to these social media trends that we see that come out of platforms like TikTok. Yeah. And you're saying this is someone who does a lot of DJing work around I the do, place, so I you do. pay close attention to this. I, do. I don't claim to be an expert, but I certainly have an opinion on it. Yep. Um, and I, Yeah, I think they've conformed to social media trends and they're serving that up now instead of highlighting more of the, the talent that exists here in the country. Um, you know, in current rotation, you have 
artists like Lizzo, Drake, and Billie Eilish. Some of our listeners might not know who that is. Yeah, yeah. But um, yep. our younger ones will. Um, they're all artists you can listen to anywhere else. Yeah, and they sure. Are on heavily yeah. in rotation. And this rolls into my beef, so to speak, <laughs> with the hottest 100. Um, Which is always a flagship, the hottest 100. It is. It's, yeah. it's always been a part of the fabric of the Australian summer. Yeah, and, and it's like it's like you can go back and look at the hottest one hundred from it's years a, and years ago. It's fantastic. I often yeah. go play do the replays, but um, yeah, it's a snapshot of history. It is. But if you look at the last few winners for the last few years, Billie Eilish twenty eighteen, you know, a few years earlier, and it would have been unthinkable for her to win. Yeah, and then this year, the Wiggles, oh. the Wiggles win, but they win doing a cover. Yeah, no. and these blokes haven't been relevant since. What twenty five yeah. years ago, maybe? Yeah. To me, that the countdown has really become meaningless, and the youth are still really hungry for that discovery for music, and that's why TikTok's still working uh, well. Yeah. Works so well. I was reading through a Reddit thread where someone had actually shared an article the Guardian, Guardian had written on this, yep. and I was reading some of the uh, the comments there, and there was a a comment from an ex-listener who explained how he's using a Spotify playlist, which he now curates, um, and it looks at all the tracks played in the month, the 30 tracks, there's usually 30 in the rotation. Yep. Uh, and it's ordered in, uh, in order of how often it's played. Yep. And, um, yeah, you can subscribe to it for free without having any of the, uh, the chatter in between. And sure. It's completely... Yeah. So he, he, having access to that list has turned him right off tuning into the radio on FM. So technology has come in and <clears throat> taken some away. Yeah, I'm fascinated by Triple J. I listened to it a lot when I was younger, much younger. Mm-hmm. I tend to listen more to, or I don't listen to Triple J now, I listen to Double J, yep. which is for us older types, but Double J uh, isn't on the... Um, the normal radio bands, it's on digital radio, mm. so or through online as well. So you can't just pick it up <coughs> in uh, in easy places. I quite like Double J, but I'm with you that radio has been so resilient over the last ten years or so. Mm-hmm. Like, I honestly thought radio would, um, when this media world as we knew it changed, and newspapers in particular and TV felt the headwinds. I thought radio would do the same. Mm-hmm. It's been more resilient than I thought and radio is still performing really well. Yep. And I think it's, um, it's got a very good place in Australian media. But that doesn't mean you're going to keep the percentage of uh, listeners you have if you're not doing that job mm-hmm. the way that you may be used to. So I'm fascinated by Triple J only because it's sort of the rare radio station in which it, it, it tries to cater to a certain age group, as we know, mm-hmm. and he's read some interesting numbers there, but... That means over time you've got to continually hand the radio station to that age group as such. Correct. So it's not like someone can, you know, really be there as they could at some other stations at age, you know, 20 and Mm. still be working there at age 40 or 50 um, with the same connection to that demographic. It's hard to do when you're not that age, very hard. Yeah, it would be. So I'm interested to see how it goes over the years and uh, in Jump the Shark moments, like you, because I do take an interest in the Hottest 100, I thought that the Wiggles winning this year was a Jump the Shark moment. I oh, think it all, was terrible. all Like A Version songs, which are the covers, should be banned from oh, the... I agree. You know, give us an original song. I agree. Uh, and so for me, that's when you've let... A demographic, you've let the tail wag the dog, if you like. Mm-hmm. 
And to me, things change noticeably. So I'm fascinated by it. It's, I mean, Triple J won't care what I think about it because they don't listen to it, so they're not going to care. Um, but I'm interested in, in what happens because it's a study in audience behaviour, which is what we do. Exactly. Try and look at what audiences do. Um, so, yeah, interesting numbers this week. Um, and we'll keep an eye on that as, uh, as these radio surveys go on. This weekend, you're going to the Ecker. Yeah, go and go visit the Ecker tomorrow. And okay. uh, hopefully the weather holds up. It's a bit, a bit grey out here at the moment. so It is, yeah. Hopefully it's a sunnier day tomorrow. And you go on all the rides in, in the rain. Oh, no. <laughs> Probably not. No. No. <laughs> I didn't go on any rides, but uh, the kids did and they had a great time. I heard. I heard. Yeah, so that was, that was very good. So, no, well done to everyone at the Ecker and uh, enjoy the weekend. We'll see you next week. Yeah, see you then.